greet you all in the precious name of Jesus, and Happy New Year to each of you. There's not too many times where you can tell people, I haven't seen you since last year, and maybe you've seen them the day before, so <laughs> I haven't seen any of you since last year, you know, <laughs> even though it was uh, only a, a few days ago. Good to have Riley and Katharina back again with us, and also special to have Spencer and Marita and their family with us this morning as well. So welcome, and thank you for coming back again. I think I can say it's been beyond last year since I've seen you, so special to have you here. This morning, with a new year in front of us, I would like to talk about the new year, and Brent talked about it in the one song, or New Year's resolution. Maybe you have some New Year's resolutions that you've made, and not like you can only make these resolutions at the beginning of the year, but it's oftentimes when people make a resolution to start at the new year, something special about starting new, starting fresh, making a decision and doing your best to follow through with it. If you're like me, the years tend to just fly by. Sometimes it seems like they come by faster and faster. It seems like it was just 22 of, or beginning of 22, and now 22 is behind, and 23 lies in front of us. Maybe you're excited for the new year, and, or maybe you just wish time would slow down just a bit. So I do want to think about our life, maybe do a little bit of a reflection on 22 or a reflection on our past and also to look into the new year and maybe make a New Year's resolution together as a congregation here at Shenandoah. You know, if you make a New Year's resolution, maybe you've made resolutions and and haven't followed through with the resolution. And if you make a resolution, you're going to have to come up with a plan in order to follow through to make it actually happen. You know, how am I going to change? Or, or what am I going to change? How am I going to do it? And when am I going to do it? It takes some work. Albert Einstein has said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Maybe you've heard that quote before. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So if we want different results, we're going to have to make a change or come up with a plan in order to have or for to produce different results. And I can personally relate to that. I have had times in my life where I wanted to make a change and yet never really came up with a plan, a game plan to follow through. And that can be frustrating because you want to change and yet you find yourself in a cycle of, you know, doing the same thing over and over and wanting different results but not achieving them. For an introduction to the message, you can turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. I'd like to read a few verses from chapter 4 as a springboard into the message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I'll start reading at verse 1 and read through verse 4. The context of this, Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he is encouraging them to stand fast 
or to grow in their walk with the Lord. This was, I believe, a young church, and he is wanting them to abound, to remain, to stand fast. And I'll read, yeah, again, First Thessalonians chapter 4, I'll start reading at verse 1. Paul says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. The title of the message this morning is Abounding More and More. Or it could also be in a question form, Are You Abounding? So that's what I want to look at this morning. Let's say that last uh, phrase together there. So you would or say it together. So you would abound more and more. Let's do it again. So you would abound more and more. I'll continue reading. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you would that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. So I'll stop reading there. That word abound means to be over and above or to excel. And I want to use the whiteboard this morning as a little bit or as an, an illustration thinking about abounding. And I'm going to draw three lines and hopefully we can put our life at one of these or in one of these three lines. So the first one I'll draw line upward and then more of a flat line and then Marker's not working the best here. One going downward. We'll try another one for you. Hopefully you can see those lines from back there. And I'll just ask, well, (laughs) so where is your life? Which line would you put your, your, your life on? And as I think back over 2022 and thinking about abounding, Paul says he would desires that they would abound more and more. And Dale talked about growth in our Christian lives. We probably all would say, yes, we want to grow in our walk with the Lord. And as we reflect back, look at 2022, are we growing? Are we abounding? Are we on this line? Or have we reached a plateau where we're just maybe maintaining going through life or hopefully none of us are on this downward line where we're actually not growing where we are growing cold in our walk with God where we're not experiencing fellowship with him we're actually on a downward slope I hope and pray that none of us are there as I think over my life to be really honest I feel like 2022 is maybe this describes my life better with the the busyness of life there's a lot going on And my wife and I talk about sometimes just going through surviving, (laughs) just, you know, somewhat going through life. And I believe as we go throughout our Christian life, we should always have that desire to abound. 
And maybe abounding is not so much that we see significant, significant difference from one year to the next. But in order to abound, we need to be people that are connecting to God, connecting in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be feeding on his word. And that is even though, or I should say this, even though we might not feel like we're, maybe we won't all put ourselves in the abounding line. I believe when we continue in God's word, there's that process of sanctification that never is, will never reach an end. We will always, or we should always be that clay that God is molding, that God is shaping more and more into his image. As we read his word, we understand more how God wants us to live. We will never finish this, this journey. So hopefully we can all, even though maybe most of us or some of us feel like maybe we're more on this line, hopefully we are still on that upward journey, that process of sanctification. I want to look at three points this, this morning for the message. The first, they all start with F. Number one, filter. Number two, feed. And number three, focus. So filter, I want to think about what we are, what our intake is. What are we listening to? What are we reading? What are we watching? What is our intake? And then secondly, the feed, we need to feed on things that are true. We need to feed on things that are pure. And then thirdly, focus. So there's a lot of things in life that schedules that need to be met, plans that need to be made, but we need to maintain a focus, the focus that, you know, what is really important in life? What kingdom are we part of? Are we laying up heavenly treasures? And I want to think of, uh, this morning, I want to think about our minds, again, thinking about abounding more and more. And in order to abound, we need to be careful what comes into our minds, what our intake is. So this morning, I want us to have a disciplined mind so that we abound in our walk with the Lord. Thinking about having a disciplined mind so that we can abound in our Christian walk. And Dale talked or preached recently about a battle. We are in a battle. We are going against the current. As Christians, as followers of Jesus in this world, we are in a battle and we need to live a disciplined life and disciplined mind so that we can abound in our walk with the Lord. So looking at the first point, number one, filter, filter my intake. I believe we live in a time where we are bombarded with things that we can think about, things that we can watch, things that we can listen to with social media and you can go on the internet and you can search anything that you want to. You can read, you can listen to things, you can watch YouTube videos, you can listen to podcasts. Our minds can be constantly filled with things. It is very important that we filter what is coming into our minds. As Christians, we are called to put on the mind of Christ in society, when we're bombarded with all these things that to think about, you know, you pull up to a gas station as you're pumping gas in your vehicle. Some of these gas stations now have a screen where you can be entertained by watching and listening. You can be constantly listening to, to things. While some of that is good, 
we need to filter what we are taking in. I brought a coffee filter this morning. So this morning when I woke up, one of the first things I did is I walked over to the coffee maker and up in the cupboard I got a coffee filter out. I put it in the uh, the coffee maker and put the put the grounds in on top of the filter. Now how many of you would want to drink a cup of coffee if you knew the coffee grounds were unfiltered? Would you enjoy your cup of coffee? Well, not the bottom at least, right? <laughs> not when you start getting all these the coffee grounds in your mouth. Well, we cannot be abounding in our walk with the Lord if we are not filtering what our intake is. We must use a filter. We need to filter what comes into our minds. In the book, I know I've talked about this book before, but the Disciplines of a Godly Man that we are reading through in our small group, the one chapter was specifically discipline of mind. And there were some things that I read in there that were sobering. And I want to share some of these with you this morning. So thinking about our mind... You know, technology is amazing. Computers are amazing. What they are able to do, the data that they are able to hold, flash drives, you know, you can uh, can put a lot of storage into, a lot of content into just this little flash drive. Like, technology is, is amazing. But yet, how much more amazing is our minds and what they are capable of, the, the content that they are capable of, of holding? You know, the mind is able to be thinking one thing one minute and something else completely different the, the next second, the next minute. The, the mind is able to think. The mind is able to think on things that are pure, think on things of evil. The, the mind is amazing. But it has been said in this chapter, the discipline of, of mind, it's been said the greatest scandal of the church today is Christians without Christian minds. The greatest scandal of the church today is Christians without Christian minds or Christians who do not think like Christ. There's a quote from Harry Blamires. He said, while Christians may worship and pray as Christians, they do not think like Christians. The Christian mind has succumbed to the secular drift with a degree of weakness and nervelessness unmatched in Christian history. He sees today's Christians are suffering from religious anorexia, a loss of appetite for growth in Christ. So this is speaking about the church at large. Religious anorexia. And in there, the author talked about uh, Charles Coulson or Chuck Coulson, as you may have heard his name. There was a time, this goes back many years, where he went to dinner with a with the president of a, a major television network. And Chuck Coulson felt like he had a tremendous opportunity to share with this TV uh, broadcaster to, to really encourage him, you know, with all these Christians in the world, why wouldn't you play more Christian movies? Movies that have uh, some scripture in them, like it would be good that, I think it was said in the book, like at this time there were supposedly 50, was it million Christians? Like, why not put more content in there that they would listen to? And when he proposed his idea, 
This president of the major television network said, we've tried that, and it was a failure. They looked at ratings on what the Christian movies were with the secular movies. And do you know what happened, sadly? The Christians, their intake was the same of the world. So we cannot abound in our walk with God if we're drinking from the same fountain that the world is, from Hollywood, and, and listening to the same content, watching the same media that's out there. So I believe it is impossible for any Christian who spends a bulk of his time consuming the world's media to have a Christian mind. Now, I don't think that we're here as a, as a body of Shenandoah congregation that, that our intake is the same that it is in the world. But there is great danger in drinking from the same fountain of the world with the technology, the, the way it is today with our phones. We have the Internet right there. There, is, there's, there can be great advantages with it, but there's also great danger with it. Proverbs 4.23, don't have to turn there. It says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So how do we keep our heart? How do we guard our heart? Well, it's said that we need to keep our heart with all diligence. So we need to be diligent about what our mind is feeding on. Because what our mind feeds on is who we become, right? It sense goes into our heart, becomes who we are. And that is that, that comes out of our lives. What we feed on will come out. It's what we will become. And while we can put filters on devices, we can put filters on our computers, we can put filters on our phones, we can have accountability partners, I think those are all good. But I think even much better than all that is a desire to abound in our walk with the Lord. We need to have a desire to grow in in our relationship with Jesus Christ. If that is not there, those filters are, yeah, they might be sparing us from some things, but they really are not what it is uh, all about. We need to have that desire to abound or to grow in our walk with God. So the first point, again, is filter. Are you filtering what comes into your mind? What do you do when you see something that is not right? What do you do in that moment? Do you, do you look away? Do you turn it off? Do you filter what is, what's going on to, into your mind? Or are you drinking from the same fountain that the world is? Listening to the same content? Watching the same movies? I hope and, and trust that we are not. But I know how easily it is to have our mind go to something perverted or go our mind go something somewhere it shouldn't with just a little image that we see. Our mind can shift like that. We need to use a filter and filter out the evil that is in the world. So the second point I want to look at is feed and feed on truth. You can turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. I'd like to read a few verses there. Philippians chapter 4. Again, these are words of Paul. And I want to read verses 4 through 9. Again, thinking about abounding in our walk with God. How can we abound? Paul gives us some pretty clear instruction 
and how to abound in this passage. Philippians chapter 4, and then I'll start reading at verse 4. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace shall be with you. Verse 8 is a beautiful verse. Now, the points feeding on truth and filtering, they somewhat are tied together. But thinking about filtering and feeding, so we filter what we are, again, listening to, watching. And Paul gives us good examples. If if we're questioning if we should be watching something, or if we're questioning whether we should be listening to something, well, this is a, verse 8 is a good filter. We can ask, is it true? What I'm listening to, is it true? Secondly, is it honest? might sound pretty much connected with, is it true? Honest could also be, is it honorable? Is it right? And then, is it just? That word means, is it, or can mean innocent or holy. So these are all questions to ask. Is it true? Is it honest? Is it just? Is it pure? There is a lot of impure images in the world today. There's a lot of impure content that we need to filter out, that we need to turn from, that we need to bounce our eyes from. I tell my children sometimes, especially in the summer when people are not dressed modestly, there are times when we need to bounce our eyes where we may see something. We're not going to be spared from all the impure things in the world. We are going to be encountering that, but it's important what we do with it when we encounter it. We can't allow that to go through unfiltered. We need to bounce our eyes. Another one, is it lovely or acceptable? Is this something that I should be listening to? Is it of good report or is it well spoken of? Is it something that is reputable? And I believe if we allow verse 8 to be our filter to what we our intake is, If we hold to what Paul is saying, I believe we can abound more and more as we filter, allow verse 8 to be the filter. So maybe if we are struggling with something in our life that we can't seem to break, maybe it's a habit that we're struggling to break, we know it's not right, that it's maybe part of our life, and we want to put it off, and yet we find ourselves in that same cycle of, of being upset with ourselves, we continue to yield to it. We need to look at where do these things start? Where does this thought start? What am I doing when this thought first comes into my mind? And when we can recognize that, I believe that's when we can start making a step to be free from it. When we 
confess it, we repent of it, but we also look at what, where, when that thought first comes into our mind. Because, again, sometimes our mind, as amazing as it is, can go from thinking something that is pure, what is right, to thinking something that is impure, that is not of God. It can happen just like that, maybe an image that we see, or maybe uh, whatever we face, it can, our mind can change so quickly. We need to be careful what we are feeding on. We need to be careful in what we, or we need to use that filter. I would also like to turn to Psalm 1. Dale talked about a psalm for the year. Psalm 1 is one of my favorite psalms. And I want to read it. It's a short psalm, but a very, I, I love the, the picture that it gives of the godly man or the godly person. Psalm 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight, thinking about feeding, feeding on truth, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now the contrast. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I love the picture of... The psalmist describing the godly man, the one who loves God's law. He meditates on God's law when? Day and night. He is thinking about God's law and he describes him as a tree that is planted by the water. A tree that is flourishing. A a tree that is fruitful. So that the godly man is is one who filters what comes in his mind. So verse 1 in Psalm 1 says about the godly man walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So there, that, that's a filter that's happening. He's not following the advice of the ungodly. So he's careful who he, who he associates with. He does not stand with the sinners. Another filter. He's not mingling, standing, uh, dealing with the sinners. Or I shouldn't say dealing with. He's not... Uh, living his life among them. He does not sit with the scoffers. He filters who he associates with. Now, this doesn't mean that we are called, we're called out of the world to go into the world, to call them out of the world. So there, there is a part that we do get involved with sinners. We do get involved in their life, but the goal is to help them, to point them to Christ. But we cannot mingle or always just rub shoulders with the world and expect to live a fruitful life. Or to expect to be like that tree that's planted by the river of water that is fruitful. This man, the godly man, is someone, again, who delights in God's word. Day and night. Do you meditate on God's law day and night? Or do you meditate on God's law or God's word? Maybe your devotional time in the morning or evening whenever you have it and that's the only time you think about the truth well sometimes for me i don't meditate many times for me i don't meditate on god's word as often as i should 
I think it's powerful when we can, from our, maybe if you're having devotions in the morning, I think it's very powerful if you can get even just a nugget of truth to take that with you throughout the day. There's many nuggets in there to take with us. And we can use that throughout the day. I remember, the man's name is not coming to my mind right now. He shared this at SMBI Ministers Week, but in his, when he was a young boy, his parents instilled in him, or he, he heard, maybe it was a devotional that he heard, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Can you tell me who was that? That's fine. But that, that did not leave me. He, that verse was ingrained in his mind, and when he faced in temptation, he remembered, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. That stuck with him. And those nuggets, thinking about meditating on God's law day and night, can be very powerful when we, you know, read God's word and apply, take something from it. I'll share a personal example that someone shared with me. A few weeks ago when Quentin was in the hospital... Daryl sent me a, a text or a, a message and he just said, thinking about you and praying for you, whatever it said. And he, Daryl said he, he read Psalm 86 verses 1 through 7 that morning and he just shared that with me. So I went, I looked in my Bible and read Psalm 86 and I was blessed by that. Daryl remembered what he read that morning and he shared that nugget with me and it blessed me. And that is the the beautiful thing about God's word when we we read it. We don't just, okay, I got this chapter read or I got these three chapters read, close our Bible and move on and we have no idea what we just read. Unfortunately, that, that sometimes happens to me. We should get something from it, meditate on it and take it with us. And that psalm that Daryl shared with me, verse 7 said, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee for thou wilt answer me. We were going through something that we was not very joyful at the moment, was not something that we would have wished for. But that promise, that verse, in the day of trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. That was comforting during that time. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Thinking about hiding God's word in our heart, or having it in our heart, feeding on God's word so that we don't sin against God. Again, thinking about the tree along the water, the, the, the picture that that gives, the, the ungodly man versus the godly man. The godly man is a, the beautiful tree, the fruitful tree. I believe those roots grow deep. The more we read God's word, the more, we, the more nuggets we get from God's word, the deeper our roots will grow. And I believe the more we will abound in contrast to the ungodly man who is not feeding on God's word. What's going to happen to him? Well, he, he, he's not going to endure. It says here, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. They are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. So I understand at harvest time, when they would harvest the grain, the grain was heavier and would fall to the ground and the chaff would blow away in the wind. And that's an example of the ungodly. They're going to blow away. And the sad picture that is. So as we feed on God's word, even though we might feel like we're on this line, we continue to get nuggets of truth from God's word so that we can abound more 
and more. I have more notes than what I have time for. I was a little afraid that was going to happen. Bible memorization, I'll just talk about this very quickly, but when I, uh, last evening I was sharing with my wife some about the message and where, what I was studying, I mentioned Psalm 1, and my wife basically said, uh, said Psalm 1 from memory. I believe you memorize that in school. That word, that truth stuck. Bible memory is powerful. And with Kyler and Cody doing the Bible quizzing this year, that's a beautiful thing. Friday evening we were at the uh, scrimmage where many people had God's word stored in their minds. And those, some of you sitting here have done it and know what it's like. It's powerful to have God's word hidden in our hearts, to have it stored in there. So that when sinners entice thee, that uh, you would not consent or not yield to the temptation. I did a quick search as I was studying, thinking about feeding on God's word. We live in a society that where society is turning away from God's word at large anyway. There's many churches where the attendance is dwindling. And I want to share, I'll read a little bit what I found. It was from a website. It was Pounce Foundation talking about how things are changing in the world with Christians, It says, of over 2 billion Christians in the world, less than 30% will ever read through the entire Bible. The fact is, over 82% of Christian Americans only read the Bibles on Sundays while in church. In recent studies, the Pew Research indicates that only 25% of Americans now attend church any given Sunday, significantly down from 47% in 1990. The study also shows that in evangelical churches throughout the United States, statistics shows 36% of those who attend church weekly indicate that believing in Jesus Christ is the only true way to heaven. Only 36% only 36 are saying that Jesus is the only way to heaven. A shocking 57% of American Christians believe other religions can lead to eternal life. One of the main reasons why American Christians don't read their Bibles is only 22% of them believe the Bible is fully inspired by God himself and written by men who were divinely appointed by the Lord Almighty. Over one in four American Christians believe the Bible to be a book written by mere men and not at the word of God. That is really sad to think about some of those things and the downward trend that is happening So we look at the the confusion that is in the world, the confusion that is in America. I believe it all points back to no longer viewing God's word as absolute truth. So once you take away the truth of God's word, you you don't have a a solid foundation to stand on. And it gets confusing and you have people that are not attending church and not adhering to the truth. And we have a downward spiral There's also a a blog from Frank Reed that I wanted to read. And maybe I will still read it quickly. Brent, I'll just warn you, there's not going to be a whole lot of singing time in between the Sunday school if I'm going to go through this yet. I would like to share this thinking about 
So the, the title of this, this article that Frank wrote was, What Would Jesus Do? It was, I think, beginning of December or mid-December when he had sent this or wrote this. And this is from Frank Reed. He says, Over the past several generations, we have moved. We have moved in the wrong direction. There was always sin and misbehavior, but not to the current extent. In simple words, we have moved from the characteristics of virtue, integrity, wisdom, love, discernment, order, discipline, being trustworthy, all of which produces a spiritual common sense directed by the Holy Spirit. The characteristics were the result of intentional living according to God's plan for life. What has happened? In plain words, we have moved in the direction of selfishness and wanting our way when faced with life. It is not working. It will not work. What can we do? Sins that were once very visible can now be very hidden. Modern technology has made it possible to sin in secrecy and has concealed the sin as well. Life can be and is being lived in our own little personal world instead of being part of a community. Even when we are part of a community, we have one foot we can have one foot in public community and the other foot in our own private sinful world. We can look good, but not be good. Deception is the order of the day. Jesus gave us some counsel. Do not be afraid. Do not be deceived. Satan is a deceiver. Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. Today, Adam is being deceived. How can we prevent that deception? How can we prevent that? De- How can we... Yeah, how can we prevent that deception? God's word is truth. Fill our heart and mind with his truth. God's word will lead you into the above characteristics of Christian men. Virtue, integrity, wisdom, love, discernment, order, discipline, being trustworthy, all which produces a spiritual common sense directed by the Holy Spirit. That is the call on our lives. It is the same today to return to the holiness of godliness that will bring you to being an obedient son of the holy God and his son, Jesus Christ. So before you ask, before anything, ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Then do that, and your life will change in private and in public, and you will change your world. So no, we can't fix all the world's problems, but we can, by adhering to God's truth, we can abound more and more. And people that are adhering to God's truth will make a difference in the world. So the third point, very quickly, focus on what really matters. Again, I want to think back. So what was your focus in 2022? What did you really focus on? What is your focus going to be in 2023? Do you, do you have a desire to abound more and more? So my New Year's resolution challenge to myself and to each one of you is to abound more and more. To feed on God's truth. Take the truth that is in Scripture and apply it to your life. Because one day, so every one of us here this morning, our line is continuing, right? Our line continues to grow one of these directions. One day, our line's going to stop. One day we're going to stand before God and give an account for how we lived our life. Jesus calls us to seek first the kingdom of God. This is a huge challenge for myself and the busyness of life and where I'm at. But to seek what is really important, to focus on what really matters. At the end of the day, sometimes it's good for me to just sit back and reflect on the day. How did I 
relate to my wife? How did I treat my children? How did I treat my customers? How did I treat the man that I interacted with at the store, at the gas station, the lady, whatever it is? Relationships really matter. What are we focusing on? Jesus said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And I don't have time to go into that passage in Matthew 6. But those things, I believe Jesus had just went through about, you know, God caring for us. God will supply our needs, thinking about food, water and clothing. Sometimes maybe I get this backwards thinking I, I, I pursue the, the physical, seeking all these things. And then if I have time, that's when I really dig into God's word. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and those things will be added unto us. God will supply our needs. Paul, when he came to the end of his life, this is what he was able to say. It's recorded in 2 Timothy 4. You don't have to turn there. But he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. So Paul ran well. He finished well. And he was, he was going to experience a crown of righteousness. And he says, not, it's not just for him, but it's for all those this, the, end of, the end of verse 7, but unto all them also that love is appearing. You know, there is a crown awaiting for every faithful believer that is filtering what comes into their mind, that is feeding on God's word, and that is focusing on what really matters. So, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you as you face the new year, there is a crown awaiting for every faithful follower of Jesus. So in conclusion, again, thinking about that quote from Albert Einstein's insanity is doing the same thing over and over and yet expecting different results. What are you going to do in 2023 so that you can abound in your walk with the Lord, so you can abound more and more? And I want to encourage each one of you to filter. Think about what is what you are listening to. Think about what you are watching. Is it pure? Is it right? Is it true? Is it holy? And then to feed on truth. No matter how busy your day is, the blessing about one of the blessings about technology, you can also listen uh, audio version of God's word. You can play that as you're working. At least sometimes we can do that. I believe there are ways that we can listen or to take in the God's word, the truth of God's word, whether we read it or listen to it. And then thirdly, focus, focus on what really matters. So may you all be encouraged to have a disciplined mind so that you can abound more and more in your walk with the Lord. In closing, very quickly yet, I would really like if all the children could come up here and sing the song together, Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. That song, I'll, I'll lead it with you. And then after, I'll have a prayer after the song and then uh, I'll be finished after that. So, yeah, all the children, if you are brave enough, I would love to have you come forward. Just why don't you stand right up here and we'll, be, we'll sing that song. And as adults, I want us to think about these words, too. It's a, a beautiful children's song, but also thinking about... Actually, the four, four that we will do, we're going to first sing, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then we'll sing, ears, what you hear, hands, what you do, and then feet, where you go. 
So I'll sit down here, we'll start the song, and you children sing nice and loud. Careful with your eyes what you see. So may we all abound and abound more and more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love, for your goodness. I thank you for the truth that we can glean from your word. Help each one of us to filter our intake. And I pray if you've convicted any one of us in a very clear way of something that we need to filter out of our lives, that we need to remove from our our lives, that we would take the steps necessary to make a difference so that we don't continue in that cycle. So help us to filter, and Lord, I pray you would give us all a desire to feed on truth, and Lord, help us to focus on what really matters. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.